Alright guys, I am back for another podcast. I am so sorry guys, I meant to record earlier, but I'm just really tired right now. Oh, so much going on. It's on the floor, Madison, pick it up. So much going on right now, and i just been super busy today, kind of. But it was kind of an off day for me with my um, anxiety and depression. I just didn't want to do anything all day. I just kind of sat in my room all day. I didn't really want to do anything fun, and I'm just kind of, I feel out of it, to be honest, so I just was like kind of, and then on top of that, I was recording a YouTube video, which I had to edit, and that took up a little bit of my time, and I'm uploading that now as I do this quick podcast for you guys. I'm going to probably make this podcast a little short tonight, only because I don't feel like myself right now. I feel off. I feel weird. I really think it's my medication making me feel funny like this, because it's been happening quite a lot between the well, go down there and get it between the you know medication and just feeling tired and sluggish and just everything all around. I just don't feel like myself at all, and so it's bugging me and bothering me a hell of a lot. But I'm trying to push through. I'm kind of a little irritated. I don't know why I hate to be that way, like a little on edge, a little short with everybody right now. I just don't. I just. I feel funny, and that's all I can say. So I was kind of like trying to push back the podcast tonight just a little bit. But, you know, I'm never going to leave you guys out of podcast no matter how I feel. I'm always going to come through because I, I, I dedicate the two a day, and this is my second one today. So I'm always going to give you one no matter how I feel. But just wanted to share that with you guys. I just feel a little funny. I'm a little off my game tonight. But um, all I can do is get some rest, pray about it, and just really hope that tomorrow is a way way better day for me and I can't wait to go see my doctor in a couple weeks because he definitely needs to change my medication or fix something because I just feel so freaking off and I don't know what it is and it's kind of worrying me a little bit but you know I'm gonna get it all figured out so I don't know it'll all get figured out okay so moving forward um I was on a website earlier called out called alcation.com and it had all these little questions we could do so you guys know I love a good Q&A and I also had other ideas to the Fudge podcast because I'm just so drained and all that good stuff I decided to just do this little Q&A for alcation it's about mental illness um and basically just questions so I'm gonna just read some of the questions and answer them and give my opinion not some kind of opinion I read online but just give you my opinion of what you think and that's all I really can do so one question somebody put is how does obesity affect mental illness um I mean mental health excuse me I don't know if obesity affects mental health I think it does to a certain extent maybe because you're dealing with someone who's overweight and they may have issues like with depression anxiety and things like that because of their you know, weight or whatever, but other than that, I don't really, I don't really think that it, um, affects too many people like that. Hey, your milk is in front of you. So I don't, I don't know. I think it does have an effect on people, I think, to a certain extent. So, yeah. It probably does to a certain extent, because obesity probably does have something to do with mental health. I want to say to a certain extent. 
How do you know when someone you love has a mental illness? You know oh, because the signs are all there. You can just kind of tell something is off. You may yeah, not know okay. exactly right away they have a mental illness, yeah, but you'll okay. be able to tell that that person around you is just oh. a little bit off. I kind of like how my boyfriend would tell me stuff about his brother being a little bit off and how he thought something was wrong, but he couldn't put a name to it. But now he knows his brother's schizophrenia or schizophrenic, so he gets it now. Just like... I don't think my family family members knew in the beginning that I had anxiety or depression, but they saw something was a little bit off with me and I wasn't right. And so then went to the doctor and really confirmed it and it just came together. So you will notice something. You'll just see a change in that person. And eventually you'll key it together, especially if you start to research it. You'll really figure it out. What causes some children to become self-destructive? I, like, I, like I always say in my podcast, it starts within the home. It, it starts within the home. And if the person in the home isn't being raised, isn't being raised correctly, then it really does start in the home. It, it starts there because in your home, you really have to. It's how you raise your children. You know, if you raise them a certain way, they're gonna come out a certain way. If you raise them another way, they're gonna come out another way. So I think it all comes from the background and and just starting in the home with the parents and how they choose to raise their child and what they choose to instill in them, like the values and all this stuff. So. Why do teenagers cut themselves? I think a lot of teenagers cut themselves because they're just stressed out. They're dealing with a lot. And it, it helps a lot of people that I've known that have cut themselves. I had a friend that used to be a cutter in high school. And I remember she was cutting herself and she was doing it to release pain. She would always show me her cuts and say, hey, of course, I wanted to get her help. I told her she should stop. She should tell her parents and get help. But of course, she didn't listen at the time. But she was telling me she would do it to release pain so that she didn't have to feel pain. And like I told you my story the other day about cutting at one point in my life. And I was doing it because I was dealing with a lot of stress on me. So I think that's why people tend to cut, especially teenagers. Like I said this morning in the podcast I did earlier about young adults and teens, they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. So a lot of times they have so much stress on them. That's, um, that's how they deal with it, unfortunately. What causes anorexia? You know, a lot of eating disorders are stem from trying to control something. A lot of people want to control something in their lives. And some people, it does have issues. Some, a lot of it is to do with control. But I think another part of it has to do with people just not liking the way that they look. And they don't have that self-esteem. Like I said, speaking from my experience, I did it because I was at one point I wanted to be able to control everything in my life and I couldn't. So starving myself was the way of controlling myself. So starving also, it was because I didn't like the way I looked. So it just really depends. Hmm? Hey, I know. So it just really, really depends. Um, yeah, yeah. So it just really depends um, what people are going through. You know, imagine. What is worse for returning soldiers, their physical or their mental injuries? I would say the physical because to me, Honestly, they have, I mean, excuse me, not physical. I would say the mental, excuse me, I thought there. So I would say the mental injuries are worse than the physical, only because the mental things never really go away, especially when you're in the army and you're seeing people get killed and go on to war. That is never going to go away. It sticks, it stays in your mind. You can get over a physical injury, but a mental injury is just, it's hard to get rid of. That's tough. How do doctors treat soldiers with post-traumatic stress syndrome? I'm honestly not really sure, but I'm sure most of them probably take medication to get help and they probably seek therapy because that would be one way to kind of help them. You know, they would need medication. They would need to seek therapy. Which gender has the most mental illness, men or women? 
I maybe both. I don't know. I mostly for me. I think I would say both. I think it's kind of equaled out. You have men that have it. You have women that have it. It's kind of equaled out. I've never, you know, to me, both people have it. Men and women. It's kind of equaled out to a certain extent. Are there some people who have no conscience? Of course, there's people out here who have no conscience. They don't care what the hell they do. If they kill somebody, shoot somebody, stab somebody, rob somebody, they just don't have a conscience. They don't care. Does that make them crazy? Hmm, it could make them crazy, but some people just don't have a conscience. They just don't care. And I think it's sad, but it's the world we live in. Um, What is obsessive compulsive disorder? How can you tell if someone has this? Basically, that is when someone is kind of like, um, have you ever seen someone that is like a germaphobe where they constantly have to do certain rituals or things? I've seen that on TV, rituals or things to get through their day, or where they constantly have to clean constantly or have stuff in a certain spot on their desk. That's that person that has that OCD compulsive, or, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder where they have to do things over and over and has to be a ritual within their head because if it's not done that way, they freak out. I actually, I think I worked with a girl like that and it really... It, it, I don't want to say she irritated me, but it was like every little thing had to be a certain way. Layer of paper this way. Do it this way. No, do it this way. It was kind of like I started to notice. Like, I don't know if anybody else in, when I was in college noticed that about her, but I used to notice little things about her that was like, this girl has OCD. It was just like weird little stuff. So, yeah. Do media such as video games, movies, and music tend to help people release pent-up emotions so that they are more mentally healthy? Or does it tend to cause people to become more violent, angry, and afraid? I don't. I mean, I have to be honest. So, social media and just media in general, it has its positives and its negatives. I do think sometimes, especially with kids when they're playing all these violent video games and stuff like that, to me, it can cause them to be violent. And in some cases, like I said, video games, movies, and mu music, some people do use that as a release. Like, I used to listen to music all the time, and it would help me get through whatever I was dealing with in my life. If I listened to a favorite song of mine, it would help me realize I'm not alone. So it can have this negative and positives where it can, some people, it will help them release their pent-up emotion, and some people, it has a adverse effect where it will make them violent, angry, and things like that. It just really depends who the person is and what they're going through. Right. How can you know if you are mentally ill or not? You would definitely know because of the signs. I didn't know, like I said in the beginning, man, it's not, that I had a thank you that I had a mental illness. Um, but eventually, like I said, all the signs that started adding up, that's when I started realizing something was a little off with me. I said, Hey, this is not normal. That's when I told my mom, and that's when my mom was like, Hmm, we gotta look into this. And that's when I went to see a doctor and he did tests, he talked to me. And he did realize that I was dealing with mental illness, with my anxiety and my depression. So you will notice it because you'll see a difference in yourself. In the beginning, you may not know what you what a name to give it, but you'll see differences in signs. And you can also do research online. And you should go see your doctor as soon as you start realizing these signs and researching them just to make sure, you know, just to check it out. What are phobias? What are the most common things people are afraid of? What are the most unusual fears? Phobias is when you're basically scared of something. I have a phobia of snakes i'm scared to death of snakes i will not go near one i'm not touching one i ain't doing nothing with no snake it's a, such a huge phobia of mine and it just creeps me out i do not like snakes i do not like snakes. such a huge fear huge fear and also for me another phobia and fear is when i'm like in a crowded room with a bunch of people i freak out i feel like i'm being closed in i'm it makes me claustrophobic 
I kind of get nervous. I start to look down at my phone a lot because I don't, I'm in a room full of people. I get that social anxiety a lot. It's like, oh my God. So yeah, that's scary. Oh my God. All right. Let me see. What is the youngest age a person can be mentally ill? I really honestly don't know, but I'm assuming you probably can be mentally ill at any age. I'm assuming. Of course, not one, two, or three, but maybe like when you're like maybe nine, ten, somewhere up. I mean, because I don't think mental illness really has an age, to be honest. Like, you just never know when it's going to strike you. Uh, how does the divorce of a parent affect the mental health? mental health of a college student. I, I would think if you're in college and not like five years old that you it would affect you, but it wouldn't affect you like as if you were a five-year-old kid or something, your parents divorce and realize your dad or mom is moving out, you're never going to see them or you don't get to see them every day. So I think it would affect them because this person probably is way at college and they get this news that their parents are divorcing, they'd be affected. But at the same token, I think that they would probably handle it better than, like I said, a five-year-old kid or something. Is there ever a time when physical violence should be forgiven or forgotten? Um, violence is just never a good thing. So, for me, so for me, it's wow. Being that I was in a, a physically abusive relationship, and I did forgive him at some point. It's one of those things you forgive, but you don't forget. I would not, like I said, I would never deal with him again, never talk to him again, none of that crap. But yes, I had to learn to forgive because if I didn't forgive, I was holding a grudge and I would block my blessings. So, of course, what he did was wrong and, and everything. But I feel like, it, and it also just depends on the situation and, and all that stuff too. So, and what space you're in in your life. I had to get to a good space in my life in order to forgive him because if not, I would have still been holding that grudge. Why are so many homeless people mentally ill? A lot of homeless people are mentally Mommy. ill, I think, because look at their circumstances. They're on, I know what you did. I'm going to get it in a minute. Um, because they're mentally ill. I mean, like I said, they're living on the streets. They their circumstances. I mean, so I think a lot of times it can cause that. You know, it can cause mental illness. It can cause anxiety, depression, and stress because of their circumstances and situations. You have to think about that. All right. How is color related to mental health, mental state? I don't think I see color when I see mental state. I don't care if you're white, black, whatever. Your color doesn't matter. Your color really doesn't matter when you're dealing with mental health. It doesn't have a color on it. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a, a, a gender. It doesn't have an age. It doesn't have anything on it. Anyone can deal with mental health. So I don't think it it shouldn't relate to color. Any race or anything can deal with it. Do children who are under five when their parents divorce do better or worse than children who are older? I think children under five do kind of worse because they're young and they have to see their parents separating. But I think children who are older can handle it better, a divorce but way better. Um, I think it's just easier. You know, I've had people I know go through divorces and stuff with their um, parents and stuff. And I think when you're older, you deal with it better because you understand the reasons. Whether it's when you're five and under, you don't really understand why your dad and mom is, are leaving each other, and it's hard to explain to a kid. So it's 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 a lot different. All right. And guys, so this little questionnaire was fun. 
But I'm going to get ready to head off to bed because my mind is spinning. My daughter is wild and all over the place. I have to get her to sleep. And I have to end this. Um, but thanks for doing this Q, um, Q&A with me. Maybe we'll do another one in the morning when I get up. Um, thanks so much for being supportive, guys. I really, really hope you enjoy your rest of your night. I'm going to try to shake this crazy mood that I'm in right now off of me. And I wish you guys the best. Get some rest. If you don't, if you want to go out and have a good time tonight, do that as well. But whatever you're doing, enjoy your night and keep, don't let your mental illness get you down and just sending you lots of love. And I'm going to pray and then I'm going to go to bed. So thanks so much for keeping up with me guys. I'm signing off.